Hey, welcome to the Rooted to Live podcast. This podcast is all about learning to live in God's love for you and being encouraged to create authentic relationships. In John chapter 13, verses 34 through 35, Jesus says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. Now, let's be honest, we assume we have this love thing down. When we say, I love whoever or whatever it is, I wonder if we really mean, I really get happy what this person or this thing does for me. Food, job, possessions, people, or God. I I have a habit of adding the word love to my affection, affinity for, commitment to, ice cream. Maggiano Spumoni, hands down the top, and these next few are real close. Uh, Howling Cow Butter Almond, I will wait in line at the NC uh, uh, State Fair, get in line at Howling Cow, and I'll wait however long you need to wait to get that buttered almond. I know it sounds like old people ice cream, but it's awesome, trust me. Turkey Hill Mint Chip, never experienced that until I lived in Pennsylvania for a bit, and now it's here in the Raleigh area where I live. And sometimes it's two for five, and I'll take ten, sounds good. Grater's Double Chocolate Chip, experienced that in college. We also now have some of that here in Raleigh. Ben and Jerry's Oat of This World, Swirled. Yes, that's how you say that, Oat of This World. Used to be oatmeal chocolate chip ice cream, and they got rid of it, and then enough of us whined about it that they gave it back to us with a different name. It's a pretty impressive list, isn't it? I think I should turn pro. But what I mean in saying I love ice cream is that I like what it gives to me. I love the taste. But that isn't love, right? True love is bigger and better than that. It's a choice to yield to another's best interest. The way I treat ice cream isn't in its best interest, or actually even mine, just devouring it with no concern of the consequences of the future. True love, though, is willing to do whatever so that what is the ultimate best for who is loved is possible. We'll come back to some practical expectations or expressions of this later. When Jesus commands his followers to love each other, it's interesting that he says, um, it's a new command I give you. Why is it considered a new command? The command of loving others already exists in the Old Testament. If you have read recently in the book of Leviticus, you'd probably remember in chapter 19 to love your neighbor as yourself. So the reason why the command to love one another is considered new is because of what Jesus attaches to the statement. He says to love one another as I have loved you. The law said to love others as you love yourself, and there's probably some room for us to grow in that, but Jesus says They are to love one another better than they do themselves, to love like he does. So, of course, the first assumption is that we actually do love ourselves. And for many of us, the truth is is that we don't. We don't even do that. I'm sure I'm safe in saying that some of us even, from time to time, hate ourselves. Wouldn't it be true to say that you can't give what you don't got? Meaning, you can't give love if you haven't received it. To love self, I would suggest, is to accept God's view of you, to live loved, approved, accepted, to walk in your identity in Christ. At the moment you place your faith, your trust in Jesus, something new was put in and upon you, like putting on some new clothes. 
but it started from the inside out. And from that new identity, then we are to love others as we have been loved. But Christ's command goes beyond to love others as you love yourself. He says to love others as he loves. It's a command to live out the love of Jesus. How he loved is the style and pattern we follow. So, of course, it makes sense to ask then, how did Jesus love? Well, Jesus, of course, loved selflessly, sacrificially, of course, when he went to the cross. That was for the good of and the best, our best interest. Not necessarily to his, in one sense. Understandingly, he loved. He forgave. He gave. He sacrificed. He showed up. He had honest conversations. Created authentic relationships. Was real vulnerable, truth-telling, grace-filled, merciful. We are to live out what we see or that which we see in Jesus, sacrificially yielding to what is best for others. It would be logical then to ask, how can we possibly love like Jesus? What are practical expressions of yielding to another's best interest? Well, the New Testament issues a series of mutuality commands to show us how to develop the kind of relationships God intends, which ultimately shows the love Jesus had in mind. These commands, of course, translate love into action. They lead to trust, harmony, unity, and more, enabling us to become a community of love and obeying the new command. Here's just a few of those one another commands. Encourage one another. Confess your sins to one another. Who's doing that? Forgive one another. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Be at peace with one another. Be patient with one another. Could anybody use any of that? Could anybody in your life use any of that from you? Consider yourselves. There are dozens of these commands in God's word. Look into it for yourself. These commands are actually for your good and for the good of others around you. These are practical ways to step into the foundational instruction of the Christian life. Jesus tells his followers to love one another But why? Why should we? Well, he actually goes on to say, in John chapter 13, verse 35, we read, By this, so by this love or the way that you love one another, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. And maybe you've heard this verse expressed like this, They will know we are Christians by our Love. Maybe some of you even remember that this phrase was put to song in the mid-1960s. It was a song written by a parish priest in Chicago's South Side, written entirely in nearly entirely in minor chords, somewhat of a dirge of a song, but nevertheless it was true. We should be known by our love. We should love one another like Jesus loves us. But why? Well, Jesus gave the answer so that an onlooking world might believe in him when we do. Or as stated a few chapters later in John chapter 17, so that the world may believe. Or another way, 
He stated it to his father. He's praying. He's, he's, he's praying before going to the cross. He prays a bit for himself in John 17, then for his followers, and then for those of us who might believe because of those followers that we would be one, we'd experience the unity that he himself experiences with his father, that we'd love one another so that the world might believe that the father sent the son. Francis Schaeffer wrote, Our relationship with each other is the criterion the world uses to judge whether our message is truthful. Christian community is the final apologetic. Another way of putting it, imitating Jesus and his kind of love is the distinguishing trait of the Christian. Here's an everyday example that comes to my mind today. Several years ago, I can't remember what year it was, my family made a move from one community to another and a lot of our friends uh, helped us out in unloading our moving vehicles. In fact, I think several of our friends loaded up their own trucks. Um, it's nice to have friends with trucks. You will be called upon if you have a truck. Anyway, they loaded up their own vehicles with some of our things. And uh, they moved our family. We got to the new place. And people were just unloading the vehicles, setting things up, putting things away, putting bunk beds together. And of course, we did the responsible thing as the family being cared for and loved in such a way. We paid people, not in cash, obviously. We pay people on pizza, don't we do that? So we did that. And um, in fact, the most recent movie we've had, one of our friends actually also bought pizza for everyone else. We didn't have to do that. It was a couple days later, if there's one of these moves I was thinking about, that some of the neighbors that we began to meet asked us, who were all those people that helped you? They said of themselves, they wouldn't even know who they would ask. Why were they helping? Where did these people come from? And we just got to share with them that these are our friends. These are the people that we've experienced being church with. And what happened is it created a tension in other people to help them look at themselves to say, do they have that? By loving like this, we were redefining love for our little world around us. We ended up being a blessing to the world around us. And we do that. We, we end up blessing people around us when we love and encourage each other to live in and show God's love. And this is why for me, and maybe it's true for you, that I feel like this ongoing internal drive to be with my friends or gather groups of people together to host people in my home, visit with someone in their home, or have a meal out with someone. Because God's love just might take place.